It's match week 13. Jose Mourinho is back and in a winning form with Tottenham. Manchester City get the win, but look a little unconvincing in the defense. Manchester United saved by youth against Sheffield United. And welcome to Soccer Weekly. All right, everybody. What's up? How's it going, Desmond? Well, it's going all right, David. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it's been all right, but coming down with a little something. Oh, bad sorry to hear that. Yeah, bad for Thanksgiving times. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to be at your best. I know. When the turkey's on the table. Well, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I'm obviously, I'm from Colombia, so right. we don't really, Thanksgiving isn't really a thing in Colombia, so when I came here, we just never really. Good but, for you. Well, because, like, I never, we never celebrated. If we did, we would just go to my cousin's house and then just eat. Yeah. And that's about it. But it would never be turkey. It would just be like, we just bought a bunch of food and that's it. <laughs> but, I mean, do you have any plans for Thanksgiving? No, I think it's going to be pretty low-key. Yeah? I don't really like Thanksgiving, to be honest. That's That's why I was sort of happy for you, because I yeah. don't know. And I, don't, I don't really care, but I don't really care about that. I'm not a big holiday type of person. Interesting. Yeah, like um, my birthday was the 15th, and I don't really celebrate my birthday. Well, it's a holiday celebration in Tottenham. Oh, definitely. At the moment. Oh, my. Everybody, the, Tottenham, the Tottenham fans are excited. They're electric. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't s- know. I saw them on social media and stuff. Jesus Christ. They were excited? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I they, wouldn't they, be excited. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Mourinho <laughs> to Tottenham Hotspurs. He's back. Uh, Pochettino is oh, it, it fired was, quickly. Yeah, fi- they didn't even let him say goodbye to the players. Yeah. He had to write a note on the board to say goodbye, which really, I think that's pretty disrespectful. And I think I, it's disrespectful. I think it, it speaks to the poor planning and yeah, yeah, no, the awful leadership of Daniel Levy yeah, at the club. And, and a lot of people were like, oh, Mourinho pushed him out or whatever. Literally, Mourinho has nothing to do with the fact that, he got, that Pochettino got fired. Zero. Well... Because I'm, he doesn't have the control to say like, yeah, you should probably fire that guy and hire me. Like, no, it's. If you look at what the just the timeline of it, mm-hmm. and I I read a few different things about this, they have to have planned for Mourinho to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Like there, there were probably like five, six, seven like afternoons where Daniel Levy and Jose Mourinho had dinners and conversations about you know and the future. I I know we were talking about it a little bit before. Yeah. It it doesn't make sense to me. I I agree with the fact that it doesn't make sense, as in, like, that's not somebody you really need. But if you really look, it, for example, this is probably the best transfer that they've, they've ever made. What, to it, get it, Jose to, Mourinho? To get Jose Mourinho. In the fact that, who's who's their last biggest signing? Maybe Son I mean, or Endombele? Pochettino. I mean, if we're talking about managers, I, uh, the, but, but you're, the thing is, you're making such a downgrade yeah, no. when you're bringing in uh, Mourinho from whoa, Pochettino. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. There's no and way you can say that. Here's why I say that. His stock has gone down significantly. No, that is that is true. I that think people true. are starting to realize what he actually is, which is a manager who's past his prime. His old ways worked really well mm-hmm. in 2008, you know, when he was yeah, at Chelsea. When he was at Chelsea, Inter. When he was at Inter. When he was at Porto. Yeah. No, but, you're right. But the thing is, I read that Daniel Levy said, yeah, the new plans that Jose Mourinho has are revolutionary. 
So obviously he's going to come in with something completely different. It's not going to be that old Chelsea tactic to park the bus and have Drogba just banging in goals. That's true. He certainly does have a more dynamic team. Yeah. Defin- definitely more so yeah. than Manchester but United. Definitely. Honestly, the fact that, like I said earlier, he's going to be the biggest the biggest personality in that locker room, it's going to be a big thing for Tottenham in general. Because if you remember, and Inter Milan, and Porto, and Chelsea, he's, he was the biggest personality in that locker room. Right. You know, there's really nobody that really can step to him. And I think that's something he, like, he personally needs to be a good coach. He needs that confidence to say, yeah, I'm the man. And I think the downside to that, though, is when it goes wrong, it goes really yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's what happened at Manchester United. Pogba, Zlatan, uh, all those all those big personalities were like, you're not my dad. I'm not... You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to you just because what you you come in here two months, yeah. Like, no, get out of my face! I'm not listening to you. I'm worth two hundred million. Mm. You're you're worth you're worth what I get paid in a year. He, I can't remember. I think he's second to Pep. Yeah. I was reading an mm-hmm. article about who gets paid the most. Yeah, you know, managers. It's definitely Pep Guardiola. Though. Yeah. Oh, by a long shot, yeah. though, it was crazy. Yeah, he deserves that. Back yeah. to back, back to back titles. Competing in Champions. Oh, he's. I, I think he's the best coach yeah. in the world. Yeah. L- the like moment. I said last episode, he definitely revolutionized how Manchester City is looked at right now. For sure. Because when, at least when I started watching Manchester City, they were a team that just bought Aguero, just bought David Silva, for like big money moves, and they were, who was it, uh, Manuel Pellegrini? He they won that title purely off of talent. Purely off the top, because well, they're, they, I think they that's were selling so Pellegrini short a little bit. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying he was a bad coach. I'm just saying, if you look at him right now, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it was definitely a little bit of a of a, a standing stool that he had the players like Mario Balotelli, uh, Sergio Aguero, David Silva. You know all those really good players, Yaya Torre, mm. like players that you definitely say that are consistent, that are. You're not gonna give you a performance that you need to win a title. I think they lost a lot when company left this year. Oh no, definitely. When you're talking about a consistent player mm-hmm. who brings the team up. And I don't know if you want to start talking about this, but the Manchester City Chelsea game. Well, Christ. I let's let's go to that first then, and okay. come back to the Tottenham okay. West Ham game. Yeah. Um, Manchester City two, Chelsea one. Conte gets the scoring going at the 21st minute. Chelsea played really well no, for they, the first they, they, 30 minutes. And man of the freaking match, Mateo Kovacic. Oh he played exceptionally. Oh and he's been getting a lot of, God. I think, unfair criticism. Yeah, no, definitely. And especially last year. You know what it is, though? It's that Real Madrid pedigree hanging over his head. He was looked at as the Ness Modric. That's him. They basically have the same name. Not to say that Modric is better than him, but they're two different players. Like, two very different players. In in the style yes. of how they play? Yes. They have no. They really have no comparison in their style of play. And I, I feel like that really affected him because they, they wanted him to get the assists, to get, um, you know, um, get the goals, like the, the Modric's, like, you know, 90th minute, like, crosses into the box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he, they wanted a more much clutch player. But that's not what he is. He's a consistent player. Like he's a he's a he's a Sergio Busquets, somebody that'll play deep, and you won't hear him win 
like any individual awards just because he'll make everybody else around him look so good. He played really well. The Chelsea team is looking, and a friend of mine was talking to me actually about the depth in the squad. Yeah. They're missing some players right now. Oh, oh, they're missing six players. Uh, Rudiger. Uh, Christensen. Christensen, who we talked about before. I don't know if that... Garbage. <laughs> Ab- oh, my God. They're a really good side right now. No, de- definitely. And I feel like it's that sort of Leicester back-in-the-day um, type of thing where they're doing stuff that people really don't know how to play against. I haven't seen before, mm. which is that relentless... Like that press high press football and the high uh, tempo. and the underdog status, that underdog status that certainly is, helps them. That gives them a lot of confidence. Definitely, definitely. Because what do they have to lose? Nothing. They don't have anything to lose. They they can play three at the back, and mm. that's what they that's what they usually do. They play three at the back. Yeah. Obviously, they switch between Aspel quite a bit. You know, right back, left back, whatever. When somebody gets injured, but for example, their left back is out. Marcus Alonso, Emerson, yesterday. Horrific, terrible. They definitely he definitely lost them the game, and I don't mean on the defensive end. I mean on the attacking end. In what sense? As in, he lost so much open possession that it allowed Manchester City to counter to get back possession. Let's talk about Conte because oh my god, he's very impressive. He was yeah. very impressive yesterday. Yeah. What really strikes me as He's got that relentless high tempo, which is fitting really well into the yeah. style of football they're playing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. But he's this like almost traditional English holding midfielder in the sense of he fits the Premier League yeah. very well. Yeah, no, definitely. In his style of because play, because the Premier League is one of the only leagues that if you don't keep, if you're not on your toes, you'll lose the ball. I, for example, in Italy, Spain, Germany, they'll give you time on the ball. They'll wait for you to make a mistake. In England, they force you to make a mistake. As in, they'll be on your butt. Me- like, They're working mess, against mess up, there. mess up, mess up, mess up. Tough tackles. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And it, it really proves that he's one of the best in the world, to be honest. I think he's up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's got the talent. He's got he, the ability. He, um, I think that me, was really shown at the World Cup. Oh, ooh, definitely. With he that France team. Ooh, definitely. Um, he's probably one of the only reasons they won, if I'm being honest. I think that's a stretch. I think without as, him, they still like, would have done. Their defense was not that good. Who do they have? They had Kim Pavard, Pembe. maybe. Kim Pembe. But if you remember, Hernandez and and Pavard came in for players that were injured. They were only twenty years old at the time. They're, right. They weren't. Proven. They were relatively young. It, if you put a veteran up against them one v one, they're getting eaten up every single day. That's a good point. Conte did come in to sort of show that, that, that up. That, that's that extra protection for unexperienced players and. Their center backs, Kim Pembe, and I don't really remember who else was playing um, for France that year, but they weren't really necessarily good. Lloris is not reliable, as we all know. Well, he's out for the season, I think. Yeah, and I think I think that's good. for Definitely for Jose Mourinho. I think he needs to bring in another captain at goalkeeper. Lloris definitely, he needs to go somewhere else, man. Because the, they wear... He's losing confidence, and he's losing yeah. this excitement. And he's such, he's such he's a good keeper. He's, he's a good shot stopper. But especially in the beginning of the season, he was starting to show those uh, couple few... And, and you know what it is? He's, he's not necessarily old for a goalkeeper, but...
but his way of playing is already too old. Yeah. As in, for example, in that final against Croatia, a horrific mistake. He lets the ball literally go past him and just makes a, a what, what is it, a carious type of mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the only reason that didn't matter was because they were already winning 4-1. I mean, they, any keeper has that in them. Um, no, that's true. But, for example, if you look at players like goalkeepers like Allison, Ederson, they— Consistent. Even, for example, Ederson is a little bit uh, uh, mistake-prone, but he contributes so much to the confidence of the center backs, to the right backs, to the to, to No, the absolutely. Yeah, and especially with the new style of playing it out from the back. Exactly. You and need he, to have somebody who's confident on the ball. He can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I feel like Mourinho will probably bring in a goalkeeper that he can he can label as a captain and really, you know, move his team forward. Because I don't think, them. I mean, Gazaniga is decent. He's all right. But, but he's not a starter. Yeah. He's not a starter. And the captain right now, which is, who is it, Harry Kane? I'd assume so, yeah. I don't know. I don't really like Harry Kane as a captain. Yeah. I, I'm i always, I think this obsession with captains and who the captain is, and, like, I, yeah, I don't think it really I, matters I it matters in that relevant. Either, but it matters so much to the people in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? I suppose. But in terms of that team cohesion and, well, I mean, you look at somebody like Company, Steven yeah. Gerrard. Yeah. But those are people that are, that you, you could never question their leadership mm. you know what i'm saying there's no more of that there's no more there's no more sergio ramos you know puyol type of players that you could say he's 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 the guy in the field that'll that'll motivate you no matter what uh so chelsea score play very well in the mm-hmm. first 30 minutes uh, then De Bruyne scores uh, the 30th minute, and Mares follows up with a really nice goal oh, in the 37th minute. So nice. And I, th- it, Manchester City sort of got back into the tempo mm-hmm. of the game because they played really poorly the first yeah, 30 they minutes. Very good, and that really um, shows their defensive shortcomings. Yeah, because yeah. they had Stones and Fernandinho back there, and that's not a good combination. No. First of all. Fernandino can't even speak English yet. So that's going to work. Well, I, that's a little harsh. There's plenty of players who aren't. No, as in, like, John Stones is somebody that you, that needs to be told what to do. Fair enough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's a decent center back, but he's a second-tier center back. He certainly has... I think he there was a lot of build-up to him as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he hasn't lived up to it. Certainly at this moment, he hasn't lived up mm-hmm. to it. And... and I don't have any problem with him. I have a problem with the people that say he's good. Like, he's a world-class center back, because he's not. Yeah. He's he's somebody that... He's on the same level as Dejan Lovren, if I'm being honest. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, obviously, Dejan Lovren's a big personality, but he's somebody you need to put with somebody else that's reliable. For example, Van Dyke is that reliable source for you for Liverpool. You, yes, but Van Dyke is like type of player who is really rare to come by. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, as in Manchester City had that reliable source, which was Vincent Company. But now with him gone and there's a Pep, he- Pep isn't trusting his back line, 
He's putting a really good player in Fernandinho in at center back who's doing very well. He's, but the thing is, he's getting caught out of place. That first goal came from him being out of place. He still played very well. No, though. no, no, no. I'm not saying he's bad. Like he, he'd, for, for somebody that's playing out of place and has switched positions so many times, he's doing really good. Yeah. And he's, he's pretty much saving them at the moment because their right backs and their left backs are not, like they're not that good right now. Um, Jao Cancelo, um, good link-up play, but has no defensive qualities, if I'm being honest. Like he has good link-up play. Like um, there was a play, he was on, he was attacking, basically in the other half, and the one twos he does are very good. Yeah. Like he's good at opening up space and getting in like decent crosses, but he, he doesn't recover the ball. He doesn't get back quick enough. Yeah, and he's a fast player. And he, he just doesn't get back. He doesn't have those defensive abilities. Yeah. Obviously, if you have a defensive mid that'll just cover for him, it won't matter. But they're putting their defensive mid at center back. And that really leaves a hole in that middle. And they try to be in uh, Rodri, the Spanish um, midfielder. And he was so off that um, that game against Chelsea. He didn't. He certainly didn't look convincing. No. And... and he kind of disappeared a lot of the time. And he's somebody that'll that'll give you deep balls, deep, you know, give you that coverage. Yeah. And he, and he got subbed out for Gundogan, which is a player that I don't really like. Why not? He Because he's not they're not the same type of player. Yeah, but he's been decent for the no, season. He's he's he, held he, up well. No, definitely. But without him, Manchester City would be in a significantly worse place. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't I think that they're Manchester City's trying to make players do things that they really can't do. And that's where the cracks are starting to show. Yeah. In that side. Yeah. I don't know. I think to be honest with you, maybe Leicester or even Chelsea might have a better chance of finishing higher. You think? Than Man City. I don't know. It's a bold statement. It's yeah. it's not I'm just sort of basing no, it, it on sense. It the sense. defensive, and I only see them getting more injuries. Yeah. They're definitely. definitely an older side. For example, like, if Fernandinho gets injured, it's over. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because then, because Mendy's out, Laporte's out. If Yeah, if Fernandinho goes, that team is going to start losing a lot of games, mm-hmm. giving up a lot of goals. It won't be going well. No, it definitely won't. But I think if Guardiola puts players where they should be, it'll look a lot better. Yeah. For example, Kyle Walker didn't play. He put him on the bench, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Which I thought was a big mistake. Kyle Walker, one of the best right backs I've ever seen, personally. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's been out of form recently. Yeah. But he's... Uh, there was a clip, um, I think it was earlier this season, where he there was a ball chipped over Edison, and he just jumps and kicks the ball right out of the line. Yeah, he absolutely has that physical mm-hmm. dominance and mm-hmm. presence. Uh, in terms of actually being on the ball and creating space for players mm-hmm. and being that dynamic sort of player that so many other teams are using right now, yeah. which is getting down the wing and mm-hmm. making those crosses, he doesn't really fit that role. He's definitely more of a traditional... Right back. Right back, yeah. And and that's the thing. I think he should play center back. Interesting. I think he should play center back. He has the ability. He's played center back before. He'll, he's a commanding player that you can say he'll tell other people where to be and at what time. 
I see I see two potentials for I see that going really well or really bad or really bad. No, and and I feel like that's what Pep Guardiola is like. He's like overthinking it a little bit, as he often does. But I feel like that's what makes him a great like coach, because when he was at when he was at Barcelona, he moved Yaya Torre to a center back role, and it paid off. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, Yaya Torre is not a center back, but he's a deep lying midfielder, just like Fernandinho, right? But Yaya Torre at center back only worked because he had Puyol, he had PK. He had a there. lot of good players around him. Exactly. Yeah. To tell him, be like, yeah, this is what you need to do. This is how you play center back. Well, a good win for Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, definitely some questions about defense. Um, Chelsea really looking like they, they're going to push for something. I think they're going to, I don't know, maybe the Europa League. I mean, they're, Well, they already won the Europa League. Yeah, I th- again. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they're in Champions League. They're in, a, but they're in the group of death for me in Champions League. Which group is it? They're with Barcelona? No, they were Ajax, Valencia, and Lille. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see them getting out of that, though. What's the, I don't know what the... Ajax is first. Ajax is first right now? Yep, and they're coming up against Valencia. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think they already played. Or no, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Or this weekend. But anyways, Chelsea really looking like they're going to do something. But again... That December window is going to be tough for them. Definitely is going to answer some questions about mm-hmm. what's going to happen and what the rest of the season is going to look like. Yeah. And like I said earlier, that they have no depth. They have a lot of players injured. They don't have really reliable sources um, that can, they can switch in. It's going to cost them. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost them a lot of points and their position, their dominance in the league that they've had for the last few years. I think it's going to... They slipping. always it's look slipping. like they're just going to give up a goal. There's yeah. never that certainty with exactly. them. And, and and I feel like that those cracks are going to show more when it comes December time when they have to play two games in a week. Yeah. And because, for example, for the Champions League and for Premier League, they're already stretching pretty short. I don't right. know. Well, on a Tottenham 3, West Ham 2, uh, Mourinho's first game, Son... Opens up the scoring at the 36th minute. Kane, the 49th, and then in between, Lucas Mora gets one on the 43rd. West Ham played terribly. West Ham played very poorly. West Ham only scored in the, let me see, Antonio scored in the 73rd minute. Yeah. And Obana got the late, late goal. Oh, that no, you're right, you're right. You right. thought were, you know, maybe they'd come back, yeah, but it, it was too late at that point. No. Um, and... I think that's where um, Tottenham are really looking slow right now, is those later minutes, and I feel like that's well. They just in. they lost complacency. They yeah. they became more complacent. They were like, oh, we're winning, so let's do whatever. Yeah. But for example, like a team, like a bigger team, is gonna really push you to those limits. Because for example, if if they did that against maybe like a Manchester City, Manchester City is gonna abuse the fact that you're not at your best the last 20 minutes of the game. Well, yeah, it's going to be a different game Mm -hmm. if you're playing. And I can't, I really think that that West Ham performance speaks to, I don't think Pellegrini's a particularly good coach. No, I I don't don't think so either. Certainly at the moment. Um, he, He never seems to do a lot of, I don't know, research into the, 
into the teams he's mm -hmm. going up against. He never has a coherent plan. Well, that, that's why I said earlier that um, when he won the league with Manchester City, he that um, you know stepping stool or not that um, you know trump card of having valuable players, having such quality, talented players. And when he doesn't have that at West Ham, that doesn't really. Yeah, know, we see the result. They they have decent players, but they're players that need to work in a system. Mm. And they don't really have that right now. Yeah, no. He's not a Pellegrini's not a tactical coach. He isn't. I think he's decent at motivation mm -hmm. and no. getting the players. He, he's a fit. He's a good coach. I mean, West Ham don't have a lot of injuries, which is good. But that that doesn't even that that makes it seem worse. Exactly. That they're, he has a they're full playing squad this way. And they're battling for relegation. Yeah. They're seventeenth right now. I think he's going to get fired soon. Oh, definitely. Because West Ham should be top half of the table. Yeah, I certainly think so, given the talent that they have. Allaire came in. and I mean, Aller, Aller's consistent. He's a good player. Felipe Anderson. Very good player. Yeah. I love him. Antonio's decent. Yeah, definitely. He's a good player, too. And then Declan Rice. You're right. One of the best defensive midfielders, um, young defensive midfielders in the league. Yeah, I mean, he shows tons of promise yeah. and potential. Definitely. I was really surprised that he signed for West Ham. I think he's a local. I can't remember. I, th I think well, he's always been a West Ham fan or something like that. Well, he was. A, he was. Um, he played with Mason Mount in the Chelsea Academy, and he was supposed to play for um, Ireland, the Ireland national team. Right, and, and he went to England, England instead. Yeah, yeah, because they, England wanted him so much. So I mean, probably a good move for him. No, definitely, definitely, because there was no. He wasn't going to do anything if he went to Ireland. Well, they're just not as competitive. Yeah. I think that was definitely shown. I think they're in the playoffs now for the Euros, you know, the last yeah, getting you, one of those four really spots. You don't expect anything from Ireland. From Ireland, yeah. And you certainly are looking for England to mm -hmm. do a lot of good things. Definitely. And it really sucks because two teams that I really like, like I like to watch last year, last season, and the recent years, Everton and West Ham, are doing really bad right now. Mm. And I think it sucks because they're really good uh, teams. Pellegrini is going to go soon. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Marco Silva. I don't. I don't think he's going to leave. I think. They're I gonna think f I they're going to have to fire him. What, I think what, they need what place are Everton in right now? Sixteenth. Yeah, they're one point ahead of West Ham. And who did they lose? They didn't. They lose to. They lost to Norwich. Uh, over the weekend. Yeah, two zero. Yeah, Norwich. Where's uh, Norwich is in twentieth, right? They're at the bottom of they're, the table. Yeah, they're eighteenth. They're going to get relegated. I'd assume so. and But that's my point is Everton are losing to that side. Yeah. They, they seem to have zero confidence. There's yeah. no team build-up uh, confidence play. They just seem completely unconvincing, mm -hmm. and they have no confidence in their coach that at the true. moment. That is true. That's why I feel like he – I don't think he's going to – I don't think Marco Silva is going to get fired. I just feel like he's going to be questioned hard. Yeah, like the board's gonna there. The Everton board is gonna be like, "Hey, if you don't if you don't give us a plan for the ne for next season, you're out of here." I don't know. I don't think he gets that chance. You don't think so? You think no. they'll just kick him out? I think so. Yeah. I think he's Fair on enough. the chopping block. I think Pellegrini's going, Definitely. and uh, Unai Emery is probably gonna he's gonna end up getting fired soon. Yeah, we can talk about. I don't know. I wanted to talk about the really exciting game. Uh, Man United. Oh yeah, Sheffield. Man United, uh, Sheffield. 
I don't know if you saw this game. Oh, I saw it. Oh, you better believe I saw the whole game. I man. was trying to study for a sociology test and I had it on at the same time. I was like, <laughs> all right, I got to study later. This is a really good game. Yeah. Um, Manchester United was just <laughs> terrible. I mean, really awful. Oh, my God. Like, w- worse than West Ham. I mean, real. They don't deserve to be ninth, uh, just in my opinion. No, they, they certainly don't. not. They don't. They deserve to be where Crystal Palace is. You saw Sheffield United, this great team, and talk about cohesion in terms of like coherent game plans mm-hmm. compared to like what Pellegrini's doing at West Ham. Sheffield United, Chris Wilder, they have a plan and they absolutely. know what to do with it. And it changes from game to game, and, and he's not afraid to change the formation. And you know, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer saw that Sheffield was going three at the back and said, "You want to play three at the back, or we can play three at the back too." Yeah, that doesn't work because. No, it was it was a very bad tactical setup from Man United. Horrible. I don't know Horrible. why they started with a back three. First of all, if you're playing three at the back and they have two up front, it's not going to work. You're getting split every single time. And especially when you're Manchester United and you... <laughs> There's a clip for the, I think it's the second goal. Yeah. Phil Jones. Pretty bad. You know, trying to shield the ball, wait for it to go out. Just sums up him. Phil Jones in a entirety. Yeah gets absolutely bodied off of the ball. <laughs> Phil Jones played terribly the entire oh game. Oh, my God. And then the scoreline, of course, really flatters mm-hmm. Man United. They score, let me see, they were really good for uh, seven minutes in between the Brandon Williams, yeah. Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, the oldest of which is 21, yep. right? And you shouldn't wait until the last minute to put on players that are going to score for you. I can't even, and it's not like Sheffield United turned off. I think after the first goal, they it, were it, rattled, it, and it, then the, the other pace. two came. It's the pace. Phil Jagielka was playing center back for them. He's past his prime. And you and know who doesn't get a lot of credit is David McGaldrick, who I don't think oh, hasn't yeah. scored No, he ha- I, for Sheffield. No, no, no. I, I, yeah. He's not the one that scored, is he? No, he didn't no. score a goal, but he, and people have questioned that, but what mm-hmm. he does is he creates a lot of space mm-hmm. and he no. opens up these channels. They were dominant. Sheffield United was dominating the middle of the field, yeah. which is which is really surprising for me just because Manchester United played with two in the middle. Uh, Why? <laughs> for what? It seems like Solskjaer is taking all the worst qualities of the team and then... Yeah leaving an opportunity for their opponent to exploit it. He has too much confidence in the ability of his players, and he's not being realistic about he, where he, they're he at. Thinks, he thinks Fred is Yaya Torre. <laughs> right. He, like, no disrespect to Fred. He's a good player. But uh, if you just throw Fred and Pereira in there... First of all, Pereira does no defensive work. He made maybe two tackles. Yeah. First of all, he's a winger. You just put him in the middle because you had nobody else. Uh, Ollie McBurney uh, gets the 90-minute goal to because, mm-hmm. of course, they were 2-0 up. Manchester United have that flurry of goals. Then they're 3-2 up, and then Sheffield get the last goal in the 90th minute. Uh, it was a very exciting game, a lot of fun. Just before we go, I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, the last three games for Arsenal, oh my God. they uh. have taken 30 shots yeah and they have had 64 shots against 
I, you know, there's it a, been, it hurts me. I, I understand. I know that it's, it's what isn't helping them right now is that Emirates crowd. They're really, oh, yeah, the fans are they're super the fans critical, helping. very entitled. The fans are helping. Uh, the fans are one of the reasons Jaka is out of the side right now. I thought what was really funny was Lacazette getting that late equalizer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, you know, smiling and being excited, but then sort of realizing, oh, I just saved the team from like a, a Southampton loss they were at in home. last place. Yeah. They were in lot. They got beat what nine nine nothing by Leicester, but which admittedly that was just an off day for them. That was bad. I guess, but I would say four zero is an off day. Nine zero is you have no right to play in the same field as the other team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we tied. Yeah, we tied in the team that lost nine zero. It seems they're so porous, and you you just sort of they you wander through them. Mm-hmm. I mean Southampton. Mm-hmm. I guess they're one of their better attributes is their ball movement. Yeah, and is their their they, technical they have skills a good on midfield. the ball. They have a good midfield. Yeah, and that's what kind of messed us up. We have no leaders, other than Aubameyang and Lacazette. Well, I think everybody's just pretty unhappy to be there. That's yeah. what it seems like. Yeah, and and it sucks because they have we have so much good players. Yeah, so much good players, but we don't have a leader, and that's what we're missing. Yeah. That's what we're missing, and we're missing somebody that will take that'll take charge and be like, when everybody's when everybody's messing up, and be like, make a defining tackle and be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, that'll wake everybody up. For the first goal, Danny Ings, everybody just turns around for the foul. Danny Ings is a really good player. No, he's good. He's by good. the way. That was a great finish. I Leno did a good good job covering his angles, making the goal small, but it was just a good finish. I and have the fir- like. For me, when I play soccer, one of the first things they teach you as a coach is, one of the first things your coaches tell you is, there needs to be one player on the ball every single time there's a foul. There needs to be the, that awareness. Yeah, to be like, you're not going to take this free kick quickly. Because yeah. that kills teams. In high school soccer, in college soccer, and basically the MLS and everywhere in the world. Oh, they do it all the back, time. Back in the day, you would just take free kicks and it would just mess up everything because obviously the other team doesn't have time to get back. Yeah. And, and they don't have that awareness. That's the first thing you should do. Yeah. It, it, and first of all, our center backs are turning around and arguing with each other. Like, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Yeah. It's disgraceful. Sorry, and, David. And, and the fact that Lacazette has to come back and play basically CDM to get the ball. And then he, fair enough to him, he gets the ball back. And then there's just, he can't, just can't do anything with the ball because yeah. there's no outlets. The two of them are carrying the team. Yeah. And it's And I don't it know. sucks. It really sucks. I'm sure it's sad to see. It's disappointing. I, I honestly hope for Unai Emery's sake, he gets fired in a respectful way. Uh, <laughs> I don't th- think th- he th- deserves it particularly. No, like, to be honest, when he was at PSG, when he was at Sevilla, he was a, he was a decent player, a, d- a decent coach, but um, yeah. he just he just doesn't know what to do anymore. So that, well, that is my take on everything that's going on this week. Very fair. Um, before we go, did you see the Flamengo River Plate game? Oh yeah, I did. For the, oh my god, that was a great game. Um, and Flamengo won yeah. for the Copa Libertadores. That's right. And did you see the Stormtroopers what? bringing out the cup? Oh, I'll yeah. show you a picture. Oh yeah, 
that was uh, that was interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. I, you know, European soccer is missing out on that. You know, they and Copa Libertadores is really where um, you prove your worth. For example, Gab, um, the one that scored the winning goal, his name is Gabigol. I mean, that's his nickname. Right. But the one that wants to the winning goal, he's on loan at Inter. And Inter is going to be calling, saying, hey, you just won the, basically the Copa Libertadores, Libertadores by yourself. We need you back. No, it's absolutely. It's a good source of scouting for those mm-hmm. big European clubs yeah. to get some players. Um, and, and it was amazing because... They scored in the 93rd minute, and and he takes off his shirt, and the ref gives him a red, so yeah. I can't celebrate winning. Which I thought the, that was kind of useless. Like, what are you gonna give him a yellow and a red for? Just yeah. go. That was it. It was it was definitely a fun weekend to watch. Absolutely, a lot of great action. Yeah. Again, main talking points: Jose Mourinho is he gonna do good or not? Manchester City are they gonna resolve their defensive problems? Yep. Uh, Sheffield United, Manchester United, Sheffield continues to impress. Manchester United really lucky Mm -hmm. to get that goal. And Arsenal continue to have problems and seem unconvincing. Yeah, uh, Chelsea going to be tested soon. Let's see what happens with everybody. It seems like, I feel like right now everything's just going to wait for something to happen. Somebody's going to slip or somebody's going to, you know, show out. That's what I feel waiting coming in December. It's exciting for sure. Yeah. That's all from us. I've been David. Desmond. And thank you for tuning in for Soccer Weekly. On Radio Massasoit.